So since it's uh, right before uh, Tisha B'Av, um, and uh, in case anybody didn't know, and <laughs> surprising it, and uh, so one of the things, so since this year, once again, it's a configuration where uh, Tisha B'Av is really on Shabbos and gets pushed off to, uh, to after Shabbos. So one of the Shilas which comes up is whether or not one is allowed to take medication on Shabbos, like a time-release Tylenol, that's usually what they, they sell, some sort of Tylenese, uh, time-release Tylenol, take that on Shabbos in advance of making the Tisha B'Av itself, making the observance of Tisha B'Av on Sunday easier because by the time you wake up and you would have what normally would be your uh, your caffeine headache, so you'll already have the uh, the Tylenol releasing into your system, and then you don't have to worry about taking the medication on, on Tisha B'Av. Uh, you know, in the event you could dry swallow the pills, you could probably do that anyways. But many people, for whatever reason, uh, struggle to dry swallow pills. So the question is going to be, is there an issue with um, taking the, that medication on Shabbos in preparation for, for, after, uh, for after Shabbos? So there's really two shilas, two issues which we need to explore, uh, which we will explore right, right now. So one of them is the issue of is it allowed to just take the medication on Shabbos or not? We had a whole series about taking medication on Shabbos. So number one, is that something which is permitted or not? And then number two, the second part is, is there going to be an issue of doing something on Shabbos to prepare for after Shabbos, which we call hachana? So that's something also which uh, there are certainly some cases where such preparations are prohibited, and the question is going to be, is this one of the situations where it's prohibited, or is this one of the situations where it is permitted? Okay, so let's see now our sources. And we'll begin, we'll try and go as we do, sort of uh, systematically, logically through the sources, and uh, see what the post can have to say. So here, we're going to uh, begin with uh, a... Uh, the uh, a safer from uh, the, which which contains a lot of the opinions of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, Rashiva in, uh, in Philly. So he's the, the so the uh, this uh, Daniel Kleinman, who's the one who writes it over. So he says as follows, and then we'll see two footnotes related to it. So he says, so this is in the volume. I should have put it in there in the volume about Tishabov. So he says, So it's not so appropriate to take pills or some sort of drops, air of Tishabav on air of Tishabav, in order to make the tinus easier. So here at this point, he's not even talking about on Shabbos. He's talking about even if Tishabav were to fall out on a Thursday and you want to go ahead and take some pills on Wednesday before the tinus begins in order to make it easier. So that, he says, is not so appropriate. Avomisha but somebody who is will uh, struggle with the tinus, and therefore somebody's going to get a caffeine headache, uh, a splitting caffeine headache, and therefore really has no choice. If they're going to be functional on the tinus, they need to take it. So So he says you are allowed to take them in advance of Tishabav. Even in a situation such as ours this year, where you're taking it on Shabbos for Sunday, impulas atrufos mastomiyad. So that's going to be an important phrase for us. He says, in the event that the effects of the medication takes place immediately. 
So in the event that the time release is that it's a slow release, but it starts right away, then Rav Shmuel says that that's going to be permitted to take on Shabbos because it's already working on Shabbos. But he's of the opinion that in the event that you were to take it and it does nothing but sit in your system for 12 hours, and then 12 hours later, it begins to release the medication to uh, to alleviate the headache. So that Rav Shmuel would say that it is Aser. But in the event that it releases right away, the B'kai Gavna lays be Mishumachana. So as long as it has an effectiveness immediately, so then that's not considered to be preparation. And we'll see in the footnotes what exactly these, these two parts. So sources two and three are the footnotes on the, uh, on the Sefer. So the first one is where he uh, addresses the issue of what he considers to be the inappropriate behavior of doing something in advance of the tiniest in order to make it easier. Well, we'll see that not everybody agrees with this, just spoiler alert, but this is uh, Rav Shmuel's opinion. So he says, he explains in, in, uh, in source two over here, he says, Amar Mori Rebbe Shlita. That's when the Rav Kleinman refers to, uh, to Shmuel Kamenetsky. So Sha'afshain is even though there's no prohibition to take medication before a tinus in order to make the tinus more manageable and easier. But he says it's not within the spirit of the law, let's say, to go ahead and to take steps to alleviate the discomfort, which is part and parcel of the tightness itself. In, in a sense, there's no point in fasting if you don't feel like you're fasting. So, so what, what's the point? The whole point is to generate something in the body, some discomfort in the body, because you're fasting. And if you go ahead and you take steps where you don't actually experience that, so then what's the point? Then he says, And I looked up this uh, from Shomu Zaman Arbach, and I couldn't find it. So I'm just going to take it from the way he quotes it over here. He says an amazing thing that even on, now you might think that maybe there's a difference between a regular tainus and Erev Yom Kippur. Regular tainus, maybe there's this idea that who says that you should go ahead and take a medication or something in order to alleviate the discomfort of the, of the tainus. Maybe you're supposed to actually experience the, the discomfort of the tightness, and you shouldn't do something. But Erev Yom Kippur, we know there's a mitzvah teed on Erev Yom Kippur. So the mitzvah teed on Erev Yom Kippur is so that you'll have strength on Yom Kippur. That's one of the reasons which, which is given. So he says, even on Erev Yom Kippur, where So even though Chazal say that you're supposed to eat a lot on Erev Yom Kippur so that the fast of Yom Kippur will not be so difficult and painful, you shouldn't take vitamins or something similar in order to make it, in order to alleviate yourself from some of the suffering. So eating you're allowed to do, but taking a medication for that purpose, you're not allowed to. Because of, and Rav Shomo Zaman writes, Right, so getting some IV infusion, so taking vitamins or some IV infusion, limnoa, so that you should not feel at all the discomfort of the tinnitus, or to make it a little bit uh, less painful, a little bit more manageable, who ke'ain, sorry, I lost the space here, who ke'ain nova b'shusatora. So he considers that to be behaving in a corrupt manner, but technically within the laws of halacha. So he does this, so Shomo Zaman doesn't consider this to be a good thing to go out of your way to try and make the uh, the tinnitus not painful at all. He's of the opinion that you got to go ahead and you got to suffer through it. 
But what about people who like over super hydrate to make the fast easier? I mean, right. that's not that's not that's not taking anything unusual in any medication or anything like that. Right. I, so I, 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 that's why I want to see if Shomel Zaman inside to see where exactly he draws the line in the in those terms. As far as eating extra or drinking extra, or let's say I drink Gatorade or Powerade rather than just regular water, you know, things which people do in order to make, uh, you know, eating a lot of uh, 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 starches before the tinus in order to make it, uh, you know, easier, whatever it is, or the, or the proteins, whatever you're supposed to eat before a tinus, but to do those things. So, yeah, so I don't, that's why I want to see it inside to know exactly what he considers to be acceptable practice going into the tinus and what he considers to be this, uh, you know, inappropriate uh, preparation. Okay. So he says, the, so he says now in the next footnote, number three, so he said that in the event that you're going to have a splitting uh, caffeine headache, if you don't have a uh, medication, so, or you don't take this time-release caffeine pill, or you don't take a time-release Tylenol or something like that, so is you can take it on Shabbos as long as it begins to release immediately, but in the event that it does not release immediately, so that's where we're picking it up now in source three. Says Masha'in came in masnorak acherzman ma. In the event that the pill does not begin releasing the medication, the beneficial part of the medication until some time later, six hours, twelve hours, whatever the amount of time the time release is, and he says hamuchuna which is called, oh, I put it, I'm not sure it's the Samach. He says, which is called time, oh, sorry, that's it, time release, put in a mem, but it's a really, so he says time release, that's the, the Hebrew over there. Yeah. So, as, so if you're taking a pure time release medication, which doesn't start taking effect, doesn't start releasing the medication until after Shabbos is over, then Rav Shmuel holds that it's actually going to be Yasser. So that is Rav Shmuel's opinion, and now we'll have to see these, uh, these, uh, these, uh, this idea whether or not number one we uh, are in agreement, whether we pass in that you're not allowed to take this medication in advance of the uh, of the tinus, and then number two the issue of taking the medication and uh, in the event that it's a, a time release tablet. Okay, so now the first thing is that whether or not you're allowed to uh, take steps in order to make the fast easier. So in source four, what we have is the Ber Hetev. So the Ber Hetev is quoted is a, is a commentary on Shulchan Aruch, and this is in Tafkuf Sameches Sifkan Chavbeis. So here, this is in the Halachas of Tainus. So there's a section of Shulchan Aruch in between the Halachas of Tishabav in the three weeks before you get to Rosh Hashanah called Hilchos Tainus. Much of it comes from Maseches Tainus about fast days related to when there's no rain and when there's tragedies and all sorts of other things that you're going to do. So in there, the Ber Hetev writes, Velo Yocha Balayla Kodamatainis, Yoser Mehergel Shalom. So addressing your point, Ellen. So here, the Ber Hetev quoting the Chesed Lavram, and you'll have to remember that name in a moment, but he says that you're not allowed to eat the night before the Tainus more than you normally have for dinner. Um, and obviously the reason is, is because you shouldn't be doing something which is going to uh, make it easier to manage the Tainus. So here, this sounds like not only is taking medication in advance of the tinus in order to make it easier, Asr, but here it says you're not even allowed to have extra dinner. If you always have one, one piece of, uh, of chicken uh, at dinner, and now before the tinus, you want to have two pieces of, of chicken. So the chesed lavram, quoted by the Ber says you're not allowed to do so. 
So the question is, do we pasuk in this way? So what's interesting is that actually should have quoted the rest of the uh, the Berhetev, but the Mishabura on that same halach over there in Tavkov Samachas, this is in Sivkat Nun, so he quotes the beginning of the Berhetev, he says that on the day of the Tainus itself, it's interesting, he says, V'yishwar atzmo minakas, person should be extra conscientious not to get angry on a fast day, that's inconsistent with the fast, that's number one, and then he says also, Quoting from the Berhetev, if you're going to be engaging in any sort of business, in a business negotiation or something, so you should make sure to do so honestly and with a pleasant voice, because otherwise negotiations could get pretty heated and you could end up angry. And that also is something, as we said, is something that you want to avoid. Then the next line in the Berhetev is not to eat too much on the night of the time, the night before the times. So clearly, the Mishabura left that last clause out. He quotes the first two things that the Berhetev says about not getting angry and being cautious when you are when you're engaged in business, that you don't negotiate too vigorously because that could lead to anger. But the Mishabura left out the third part of the Berhetev, which is what we had quoted in Source 4 about not eating extra, which hints to us that although the Mishabura was aware that there was an opinion like that out there, he rejected it. And it's clear that he rejected it by virtue of the fact that he didn't quote it, because he was quoting that line anyways. So the fact that he left that line out indicates that he doesn't seem to be so worried about that. Now, what would be the reason to uh, to, to not be concerned about that? So in Surah 6, we have from the Eshel of Ram, you see it's called Buchach. That's how he's referred to, because the Prima Gadim has a commentary, which is also called Eshel of Ram. So in order to differentiate between these two commentaries on the on Shulchan Arach, which have the same name, so he's called Buchach. Okay. Whatever he says, so he quotes the same uh, source. He says, So the Chesed Avram says, He says, Do not eat the night before the Tainus more than you are accustomed to eat. You only get to eat a regular dinner, not anything extra, no midnight snacks or anything like that. Even though Shochanarach's language does not indicate that there's such a thing. Um, but now, okay, now he says, now, he says, the Eshel uh, Avram says that this opinion of the Chesel Avram about not eating too much the night before the fast, he says that's only true when we're talking, he says not all fast days were created equal. So when do we say that you shouldn't prepare yourself for a fast day so that it won't be so painful? That's only when it's that's only applicable by a tainus where the whole intent of the tainus is to suffer. That's lehitzdayer lechuva in order to stimulate a chuva process in order to get you to repent. But if you're having a fast day because you want a salvation. So it's not to trigger a tshuva process, but it's for salvation, as well as, and this is what's important for us, v'tainis tzibor, like tishabav, shivasa betamuz, and stuff like that. He says, in those cases, it actually makes more sense that you should prepare yourself for the tainis so that you have the necessary strength. Kamo be'er v'yom kippur. 
like an Erev Yom Kippur, where we go out of our way to eat extra so that we'll have strength on Yom Kippur. Shekasa B'Shari Tshuva, the Rebbeinu Yonah, that Shari Tshuva, that Rebbeinu Yonah writes in Shari Tshuva, Shehu, he says exclusively, one of the Rishon, the reason why there's a mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur, Shehu L'Hachin Koach, is to make sure that you'll have the strength in order to get through davening on Yom Kippur, because it takes a lot to stay uh, all day in Shul and daven. Ki Yom Kippur signon tainis sibur, Veloha He says an interesting thing that Yom Kippur, so it's not the purpose of Yom Kippur is not to experience pain necessarily. It's not sar, it's not pain. It's anyway, it's affliction. And there's a you know, there, there will be a difference between them. But it says that he goes on to say, skip the passage which he quotes from Echa. You'll hear me read that uh, Motzi Shabbos. Raktan is yachid. But the only thing is by a fast for a private individual, you have something going on personally in your life that you want to fast for. Likov liyitzrei bekach. And you want to use fasting as a way of, of forcing your yitzahar into submission. So then that's going to be what the chesed Avram means, that when the whole purpose is to generate a tshuva thing, and you're trying to submit, you're trying to uh, uh, force submission of your Yitzhahara, so then you want to experience the pain and discomfort of fasting, and you would not eat in advance of uh, uh, of the tainus, because that would undo what you're trying to accomplish. But in a regular tainus, Sibor, so the Eshel Avram says that this ruling of, or this opinion of the Chesel Avram does not apply in terms of the restriction against against eating the night before the Tainus. And as I said, being that the Mishabura does not quote this line from the Chesed Lavram, even though he quotes the rest of it, so it seems to be that the Mishabura also disagrees with the Chesed Lavram and does not have an issue with going ahead and eating uh, the night before a Tainus in order that it's not going to be so uh, so difficult. So in terms of that, so that we have a machlokus about that, so certainly one could adopt a lenient opinion, and those who are regular coffee drinkers who uh, don't bother uh, um, uh, scaling it down in advance of the time, they're just going to go in head on and uh, uh, you know, hope that the time release medication is going to work, so that uh, you know, this is something which is, uh, it would actually make somebody... Um, Really, not feel that. It's not just that it's a tightness, it's something which would be, uh, you know, quite painful. Okay. So now the question is so now that we know that uh, we could, it, it's okay to take medication in, uh, to, uh, to eat or take medication in advance of the tightness. And according to all opinions, in the event that you'd have this splitting headache, which would mean that you're essentially non functional for the, uh, the course of the day. So now the question is what about the allowance to take it on Shabbos, since there's generally a restriction against taking medication on Shabbos. Okay, so this is now what we begin with, source seven. So here, this is just, this is from Shin Chavchas. This is regular uh, simon having to do with taking medication on Shabbos. So if you remember from our series on uh, medical care on Shabbos, so the, for our purposes today, there's two categories that you have to uh, uh, keep in mind. There, one is the lowest, is Mechush Ba'alma, person just has a discomfort or something like that, but it's not something which gets in the way of regular functioning. So you have a paper cut. It's really annoying or something, or you have a sprained ankle. So it may be annoying, but you're still going to go about your day and you're still going to do the regular things that you need to do. So a person who's in that lowest category, 
is not allowed to take medication on Shabbos. Once you're actually a chola, once you're actually ill, even though not dangerously so, but you're actually ill, that's what we call chola she'en bo sakana. Somebody is ill, but not dangerously so. Such a person is, a, an example of that is a person whose entire body is weakened as a result of their medical condition. Or another example is that the, that the, uh, the, uh, the ailment that they have is so uh, strong that they feel the need to go ahead and lay down in bed in order to get relief from what they are experiencing. Like sometimes a person could have someone with a bad lower back, so they just can't walk around. They can't get around. The only way that they could uh, you know, be relieved of the, of the pain of their back is by lying in bed. So such a person is categorized as chola she'en bo sakana, and they are allowed to take medication on Shabbos. So here we have an interesting uh, idea. He says, so Shulchan Aruch says, so this is in Simen Shin Chav Ches, Sif Lamed Zayin. So here Shulchan Aruch says, Kol Remember we talked about this, that when it comes to eating a food or a drink, which healthy people eat, like a regular glass of tea with honey, so even if a person has a sore throat and they're going to have tea with honey because they want to alleviate, they want to soothe their sore throat, so that's allowed. Even though there are some foods which uh, with a, that a person would that would eat, which is helpful for one condition. So even though it has consequences in a in other areas of one's health, and therefore it's evident that the person is doing so for medicinal purposes. Still, as long as what you are consuming is considered to be a food or beverage which people eat, therefore it is going to be permitted. So that is number one. So having chicken soup when you have a cold or having tea with uh, honey, so all that is allowed, even when your intent is for its medicinal therapeutic uh, uh, benefits, nonetheless, it's going to be permitted because at the end of the day, it's a Michael brewing, it's a healthy person food. But on the other hand, but if you have something that healthy people nor, well, do not go ahead and eat or drink, then also so that you're not allowed to eat or drink for a medicinal purpose when you're in that lower category of mechush. So to go ahead and to have, um, uh, uh, nobody considers uh, cough syrup to be a, a beverage. Uh, although you could drink it, but nobody goes ahead and says, you know what, I'm thirsty, I'm going to go have some, uh, you know, uh, cough syrup on the rocks, or something like that, uh, you know, to uh, to alleviate my uh, my thirst. That's not that's something that somebody does. So once we go ahead and uh, and, uh, uh, and identify it as not the healthy person uh, food or beverage, so then you're not allowed to go ahead and take it on Shabbos. But the Dav Mechush Ba'alma, but this is only going to be true. This restriction against taking the medication is only when the person only suffers from discomfort. But otherwise, it's but he's otherwise healthy and is walking around and is functional and is going to work, is going to dabbing, doing to all those things. The person is just carrying around some tissues because their nose is, uh, their nose is running or they're sneezing or they have a little bit of cough. All this is pre-COVID. But the, but the person is otherwise generally functional. Aval im einlo shum mechush. Sorry, but in the event the person doesn't have any um, discomfort whatsoever, so then mutter. So then it would be permitted to go ahead and have this 
this uh, this uh, this food or beverage, this potential food or beverage, because if they're not, uh, if they they don't have any condition which they're treating anyways, so then it's not really a medication. Okay, that part we don't really need. She's going to take that out now. And then he says, then the Ramah says, v'chein im lemishkov shari. So says that the, the Ramah quotes, the Beis Yosef really agrees with this. He's quoting the Beis Yosef, but he says that in the event that you have a person who is in bed as a result of their medical condition, whether it's an illness or whether it's an acute pain in their back or wherever it happens to be, so that person also is allowed to go ahead and take medication on Shabbos. So as we said, if a person has a, uh, you know, their, their back is really bothering them and they need a couple of Motrin in order to alleviate the pain. So if they don't take the Motrin, they're going to be stuck in bed all day. If they take Motrin, they'll be able to get up and then they could go to shul. So such a person is allowed to take Motrin for their, their, uh, their achy back on, on Shabbos. So now the question is, what's going to be with, uh, with our friend over here? our friend meaning me, that in the event that you don't go ahead and take this medication on Shabbos, you have a splitting caffeine headache come, uh, come Sunday. So the, the allowance seems to be where the person is already in bed, or the person already is experiencing that acute pain, then he's allowed, and he should go to bed, then he's allowed to take the medication. But the question is, what about if you, you're, right now, you're not suffering from that pain, but you know, if you don't take the medication, you will be suffering from that pain. So do you have to wait until you're actually in pain to take the medication? Or if you know that the way things are going, you're going to end up experiencing that pain, you could take it even proactively, even, even in advance of actually experiencing the pain. So this, we do have what Shlomo Zama talks about. He says, this is in Mincha Shlomo Tinyana, Simen Samach Os Tazayim. So he says as follows. So this is something which just it, it, it's it's a logical thing, uh, but you know Shomel Zaman is the one who who verbalized it. He says Laniyas died. He says in my opinion, Hadaver Pashut. It's obvious. Shemutel Kachas Trufos Imu B'Matzav Kazeh. A person is allowed to take medication on Shabbos if they are in a condition. Sheim Lo Yikachat Trufos Yechla. That if he does not take the medication now, he'll end up being sick. So right now he's okay, but if he doesn't take the medication, so he's going to be in excruciating pain. And the reason why it's so obvious to Rosh Hashanah that this is okay is, Why should we say that the fellow has to wait until he's in pain, then you can take the medication, if we know it's coming anyways? If we know that that's what's going to happen, so why, why, why make the person suffer first and then go ahead and take the, take the medication? Yes, Ellen? What about... Uh... Like people who take allergy medication on a, on a regular basis, um, to take it so that they don't, for example, sneeze and cough all the way through the holiday, uh, the the fast. Is that considered sufficient or or not? So uh, allergy medication is something which um, it's a little bit different because allergy medication is something which which generally does not put a person in bed. It could. But many times it doesn't. It's something which is just really, really annoying. Um, it's something which is really, really uh, annoying. And sometimes it can be embarrassing to be walking around sneezing and, and coughing. Uh, when I wrote one of the first articles for the Beis Torah, so in the original version which I submitted, so I suggested that it should be permitted 
to go ahead and to, for an allergy sufferer to take medication in order to not have to rock, walk around sneezing and uh, sniffling and uh, you know tissues coming out of uh, you know every pocket that they have uh, because it's uh, it's embarrassing to walk around to walk around like that. Everybody first didn't like so much that uh, that that hetter, but uh, but. Uh, I think it's a pretty good, uh, you know, it's a pretty good answer. That, you have to know what's considered to be embarrassing, but uh, th- there's definitely room to say that there, there's such an allowance for that. But that's in a different category, as I said, because many times the allergy is not something which is even cholish sakana. That's just mechush. That's one of the classic examples of mechush is that you're not in bed. You don't have to, it doesn't impede your functioning at all. It's just really annoying. Okay, so that's, but that would be a little bit different. Um... Okay, now he says, Uma Shikasav Radvaz, that which the Radvaz writes, the Yehudi Hanimsa Vesa Surin, that if you have a Jew who's in prison, so you're not allowed to go ahead and ask a non Jew to do Malacha on Shabbos to bring you food so that you shouldn't get sick on the Tainus, which seemingly is the same thing. Why wait till the guy gets sick and then he's allowed to eat on the tainus? Why not just ask the non-Jew to bring him the food in advance, even though it's Shabbos, so that he should avoid getting sick? So that, Rosh Hashanah says, that has no relevance to our discussion over here. Because the case in prison, we don't know what for sure whether the guy's going to get sick or not. Maybe he'll get sick. Maybe he'll tolerate the fast just fine. Who says he's necessarily going to get sick just because he doesn't eat? And the Radvaz himself acknowledges it when he says that many people fast and they don't get sick. So therefore, to allow a non-Jew to do malacha for you on something which may or may not happen, that's why the Radvaz says that that's not allowed. Therefore, since it's only a suffix, whether he'll ever get sick from that or not, that's why it's not mutter. But a coffee drinker who one day just suddenly stops cold turkey, there's no doubt he's going to have a splitting, he or her is going to have a, he or she is going to have a splitting headache that day. It's, it's really not that much of a question. So then, so then it's certainly permitted to take the medication in advance so that you don't have to experience that pain. You don't have to wait till you're in pain and then take the medication. Just go ahead and take the medicine proactively to prevent you from becoming for uh, from become, being in excruciating pain. But rather take the medication right away in order to avoid becoming ill. So this would mean seemingly that if I want to go ahead and take the medication on Shabbos in order that I should not be able to, I should not uh, uh, come to that excruciating, uh, uh, head-splitting headache, so I should be allowed to do so. But that still doesn't address the third issue, which is the issue of hachana, the issue of preparing on Shabbos for after Shabbos, which we know is, it's not an Isid Araisa, but certainly when we're talking about speech, we're not talking about doing a Malacha, so it's certainly something which is, we know that there's an issue with that, and now let's go ahead and explore what exactly is that issue of whether or not taking the medication on Shabbos uh, for Sunday is going, to be a, uh, is going to be a problem. So source nine here, it says, Madich, says, 
So if you want to go ahead and wash dishes on Friday night after the Suda, for the Suda Shabbos morning, so you're allowed to wash dishes, not in hot water, not whatever, the sponge and all that, but you're allowed to wash dishes. As long as there's another meal, which is upcoming, meaning as long as you still need the dishes for Shabbos, so there's no issue to go ahead and wash the dishes. And you can even wash all of the dishes because you don't know which ones exactly you're going to use. You don't have to count out exactly necessarily. But you can wash the dishes as long as there's still a meal which you're going to use them. But to go ahead and wash dishes after Shal Shudas, when after Shal Shudas, you're not going to be eating anymore. So then why are you cleaning the dishes? The only reason to clean the dishes is so you don't have to wash them after Shabbos. So therefore, if the only purpose is to prepare for after Shabbos, so even something as innocuous as, as washing the dishes, that's not allowed on Shabbos. That would be considered to be preparation. But the klishtia, but when it comes to drinking glasses, even after Shal Shudas, Madichin Kolayom, you're able to wash drinking glasses throughout the day, even after Shalshudas. Shakolayom Rayleshtiya, because throughout the day people grab a drink. And therefore, having a drink is something which even after Shalshudas people would do. And therefore, it doesn't indicate that you are doing something to prepare for after Shabbos. As opposed to eating, they didn't snack and they didn't have food around like, uh, like we do nowadays. So they had pretty much fixed times when they ate a meal. And outside of that, they didn't eat. They, they just didn't eat outside of that. So under those conditions, so once Shal Shudas is over and you're clearly not going to be using the plates anymore to wash the dishes when it's not going to be used on Shabbos. So that is hachana. Points in the direction that to take medication on Shabbos so that the effects of it will be beneficial after Shabbos, so that will be comparable to washing dishes, and that should potentially be awesome. Then elsewhere, the Mishabura writes, this is not on the same simon, this is now the Mishabura in simon Shin Base Sif Katun Yudtes. So he talks about another case, which, uh, you know, Post can discuss. He says, Matzin es amitos milele Shabbos le Shabbos. So you're allowed to make your bed when you wake up Shabbos morning. Right? So when your kids say, hey, I don't want to make my bed, it's hachana for after Shabbos. So you know what? It's my house, and I want you to go ahead and make that bed because the bed, the, the, your room should look nice. It's obviously best, for a different reason, to go ahead and have the beds made before Shabbos. Now this was the key. But let's say you take your Shabbos post-cholent nap, and now you wake up. Are you allowed to make your bed at that point? Are you allowed to make your bed after your Motsoi Shabbos nap? So when you wake up Shabbos morning, you want to make your bed because that way after the Suda in the afternoon, after the Cholent, so then you're going to climb back in bed. And people like climbing in bed in a neat, in a neat made bed. But once it's already, once you already took your Shabbos nap, so what's, when's the next time you're going to use your bed? Not till after Shabbos. So if you're not going to use it till after Shabbos, the benefits of having the made bed are not going to be experienced until after Shabbos. So that, the Mishaburah says, that's not allowed, because that would constitute preparing for after Shabbos. But, and this is where the parental rights kick in, but in the event that the bed is in the middle of the house, and it's something which is embarrassing and disrespectful to Shabbos, where you have a dirty, unmade bed in the middle of the house on Shabbos. For us, the, the equivalent of that is, let's say you have an early Shal Shudas like this, like this Shabbos, 
because we're going to have mincha early, we'll have shalashudas early, and then people are going to come over and visit. So to leave a huge mess on the, on the dining room table, so for many people, that's, that's humiliating. It's embarrassing to leave a mess on the table while everybody's sitting around talking. So although you're not going to be using the table anymore on Shabbos, but nobody likes to sit in a messy room like that. So in a case where leaving it in a mess is something which would be uncomfortable, something which would be inappropriate. So then, mutul so then you would be allowed to go ahead and make your bed because that's the way Shabbos should look neat and in order. And if you find that having a bed unmade is unneat and disorderly and disrespectful to Shabbos, or in the example, which is probably more relevant for us, which is leaving a filthy dining room table after the Suda because I'm not allowed to prepare for after, uh, for after Shabbos. So that is something which you always have to judge for yourself whether or not your intention is I'm doing this now because I want... I want the place to look neat on Shabbos, or I'm cleaning up now because I don't want to have to clean up after Shabbos. I'll just clean it up now, and that'll save me time after Shabbos. So that thinking process, if it's for now, if it's genuinely for now, then it's allowed. If it's really for after Shabbos, so then that's hachana, and that you're not allowed to do. Now, elsewhere we say, another third example of something which could be considered to be hachana, and this is, this, we usually talk about um, uh, Shavuos time, when Shavuos is Motsoi Shabbos. So here the Mishaburah says, this is in Simon Reish Tzadi, Sif Daud. He says, Avalo Yomar, a person is not allowed to say on Shabbos. And this may be true even in the event that, let's say, somebody's taking a long driving trip after Shabbos or something like that. They're going to get, get a head start on a family vacation. So a person is not allowed to say, Nelech Venishan, I'm going to go now and rest on Shabbos, so that I'll have energy to do malacha on Motsoi Shabbos. So I'll be able to stay up all night on Shavuos, or so I'll be able to have energy to be able to drive through the night and get to our destination by Sunday morning while the kids are sleeping. So to go ahead and verbalize the fact that you're going to sleep on Shabbos so that you'll be awake on Motsoi Shabbos, that's not allowed. Because by verbalizing that, you are now demonstrating to everybody that you are resting and sleeping on Shabbos so that you'll have energy during the week. And anytime what you're doing now clearly uh, communicates to us that your real intention is for the benefit during the week, and you're not doing it because of now, so then that's going to be Aser. So it's certainly mutter to sleep on Shabbos afternoon so that you could stay up all night on Shuas. You could have that in mind because there's nothing about taking a nap on a Shabbos afternoon which indicates that you're doing so with the intention to stay up Shuas night. So as long as what you're doing doesn't shout out, doesn't communicate, I'm preparing for after Shabbos, it's mutter even though that's your intent. When you begin to verbalize that, that certainly crosses a line and that the uh, that verbal declaration that you're preparing for after Shabbos, that itself is already going to be Yasser. And now in the Peacegate Shuvas, in the footnote over there, in Simon Reish Sadi, in the footnote 28, so he goes ahead and spells this out. He says, Any activity which you're doing on Shabbos, which has some sort of benefit for Shabbos itself, I don't want the dining room to look a mess. I want my bedroom to look neat and orderly on Shabbos. I don't want the, that type of stuff. Uh, so, oh, machmas oneg Shabbos, or if you're doing on something on Shabbos, which is a common activity that people do on Shabbos because it provides them with pleasure. For example, 
like eating and sleeping. So this this Shabbos afternoon, when you're, everybody's eating Shal Shudas, clearly you're having Shal Shudas to prepare for the Tainas. So to say, I'm doing so for the Tainas, that you're not allowed to do. But certainly you're allowed to eat Shabbos afternoon because people eat Shabbos afternoon. That's something that, that people do. That does not communicate that you're preparing for after Shabbos. O Machmas covered Shabbos, or something which you're doing in honor of Shabbos, you're learning on Shabbos, something which will be relevant after Shabbos. But, but in the event that there is no benefit to Shabbos at all, and the only benefit is for the weekday, so it's in your private bedroom, and nobody's going into the bedroom anymore anyways, from the time that you woke up from your nap until afterwards. So then, so then it's going to be also because the only benefit from this activity is going to be for after Shabbos, and you're not, not allowed to prepare on Shabbos for after Shabbos called Achana. And when the action itself communicates that you're preparing for after Shabbos, it's Aser. Even if you don't actually say anything out loud, like the case of the di- washing dishes after Shal Shudas. You don't have to say, I'm washing the dishes after Shal Shudas because I want the dishes to be clean when Shabbos is over. Just the very fact that you're washing the dishes and it is, and, and it's after Shal Shudas, what else are you plan to gain from that other than saving yourself time after Shabbos? So that even if you didn't verbalize it, it's clear that that's your intent and therefore it's going to be Aser. And all of this, as we said, is Mishum Isra Achanam, Mishab Zuchol, is based on the restriction, the prohibition against preparing on Shabbos for a weekday. So now, this, now the question is, what's the story with taking this time-release medication on Shabbos? Is that considered to be something which communicates to us that you're preparing for after Shabbos? Or is this something which doesn't necessarily communicate that at all, and it's going to be permitted? Now, remember, he said at the very beginning that in the event that the pill begins to release the medication immediately, so now you have immediate benefit right now on Shabbos. That clearly is going to be mutter. You can't call that achana because I have benefit from that right away. The question is going to be in the event that it provides no benefit whatsoever. Okay, so here we have from an article which I, oh, sorry, I did the wrong thing. Uh, an article which I found. Um, uh, sadly, I, I like the article, uh, but it's uh, I, I don't know why people why people are allowed to go ahead and do this. But he wrote a whole article with all sorts of halachic reasoning and halachic uh, quotes, and no sources whatsoever. People should be uh, you know uh, tarred, feathered, and quartered for doing uh, for doing such things. Just it's a it's a, it's a terrible thing not to uh, to you know point where things are. Okay, but we'll just read this uh, quickly. It's not too much. So he says, returning to our shaila about time-released pills. So he says, some poskim are, are, are of the opinion that taking these pills on Shabbos, even without saying anything out loud, would be forbidden. Why is it forbidden? So this is because taking these pills is worse than eating a meal, as when one eats a meal, he's enjoying it right now. It is not noticeable that he's only eating in order to be full for the fast. While when one takes a time-released pill, he has no enjoyment now and is only swallowing it as a preparation for Motsai Shabbos. That's what we said. So this would be the simple way of looking at it, that it should be also because if it, if it doesn't give you any benefit now, so then why are you taking that pill other than to prepare for the tainus, which is after Shabbos? In this vein, Rav Yashiv Zatzal only permitted taking these pills on Shabbos if they're ground up and placed in water, which one can drink and derive benefit from on Shabbos. Okay. That's, I don't know if anybody's going to go ahead and take that, uh, you know, their uh, grind up their Tylenol, put it in water, and drink that. It's pretty gross. 
Now the Orchos Chaim, and this is the part which really annoyed me, because there's, uh, I looked on Onsar Chachma, this 40 Sfarim named Orchos Chaim, and not one of them was relevant for this. So I have no idea who he's quoting and what, what, what he's quoting. It's uh, unbelievably annoying. Should write the hate mail to this fellow. So he says, but the Orchos Chaim, however, quotes numerous postkim, again, anonymous, numerous postkim, who disagree and permit swallowing these pills on Shabbos. Their reasoning is that when one takes this pill, he is in fact driving some benefit immediately as he has put the Tylenol into a system which provides relief to the body. I don't know whether, you know, what the, how the, exactly the time release works, whether something actually is released immediately or not, but therefore it is comparable to eating a large meal by Shalshudas and will be permitted as long as one doesn't say aloud they have taken the pill to be ready for the fast. So they just seem to have this disagreement between them. Does the, does the time release capsule release medication right away or does it not? If it does, then it's motor. If it doesn't, then it's usher, and that doesn't really seem to be a halachic debate. It just seems to be a disagreement as far as how they understand how the time release works. But Rav Shlomo Miller Shlita proposes another reason for leniency as follows. He says, Hachan is prohibited. Now, this, uh, this is a creative approach. He says, Hachan is prohibited when it is clear that one is preparing for a weekday. So that we said, for example, he's washing dishes. There is no need for on Shabbos. So like we said, when you wash dishes after Shal Shodesh, you're not going to be using those dishes anymore on Shabbos. Why are you washing them? Clearly because you're trying to self, save yourself time after Shabbos. When one takes the pill on Shabbos, it is not noticeable that he does not need it on Shabbos. Right, you see somebody take a time release. Do you know he's taking a time release or he's taking a regular Tylenol? No, you have no way. The observer has no way of knowing whether or not this is a regular pill or whether this is a time release pill. It is possible that he has a headache now and is swallowing the pill for immediate relief. Therefore, there's no prohibition of hachana. Although he knows what he's doing is to, to benefit himself for after Shabbos, but since the, this type of achana, which he's not verbalizing, it's only also, says of Shomo Miller, in the event that his behavior clearly indicates that he's preparing for after Shabbos. Taking a pill on Shabbos doesn't mean that you're preparing for after Shabbos. You may have a splitting headache right now, and you're allowed to take that, that, that Tylenol right now. So since the behavior right now does not shout preparation, preparation, hachana, 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 so therefore he says that it should, that, that it should be permitted. And therefore, he says, since this type of hachana is a shayla of a durabanon, so therefore, if one needs to take time release medication shops for a fast day, he has what to rely upon. So that, that's a yeshivish way of saying that it's going to be it's going to be mutter. So I think that there, there are people who sell this uh, this uh, fast sprint, I think is what they call it. But this time release the medication, this time release the Tylenol, whatever that people take, will take this Shabbos afternoon in order to make the uh, the tinnitus easier on uh, on uh, on Mosai Shabbos and on Sunday. All righty, okay, good, Thank you very much for coming, everybody. Thank you, Rabbi. Good Thank Shabbos. You.